1: Poultry's hand tools. they yeah, made out of beetles' eyebrows. <laughs> oh, the cork, York. There's no time to be facetious. He has millions of people waiting to read about us. He's got static in his attic, completely sunk. I'll have to include a dictionary for this story. Ah, we'll make it into a movie. I was a teenage carburetor. Somebody get this bag of bacteria lost. You will be particularly interested in a theory I have evolved on the basic principles of locomotion, using, of course, the Euclidean system of mathematics and, naturally, interposing that with the Einstein Theory of Relativity. I have come up with proof positive of the transcendental nature of locomotion and combustion. You don't say. There's another one I want you to see. Meet Tommy Ivo. This dragster has taken over 300 trophies across the country. That's quite a heap of metal. He holds two world's records. What are they? World's fastest unblown gas engine. Turned 154.37 miles an hour. I also got the record for the world's quickest single-engine gas car with a 9.16 seconds elapsed time. I got top gas eliminator at the big United States Fuel and Gas Championship meet in March 1959. You designed it yourself? Yes. What were some of the difficulties you had to overcome? Well, wait. It had to be light the lighter it is the easier it is to get rolling. Uh, some of the things I did to make it light was instead of using the normal 92,000 Shelby tubing I changed to 049000 and used chrome molly for strength. I narrowed the rear end to 24 inches to cut down on axle and axle housing weight and changed the front end suspension from spring to torsion bar and mounted the rear end solid. Oh, oh, oh hold it a minute. <laughs> the, uh, traction problem was taken care of by mounting the engine high in the chassis so that under acceleration the weight would transfer from front to rear i put motorcycle wheels on the front end to cut down weight and rolling resistance and i bored the engine bigger and stroked it longer by welding on the crank and returning the throws off center well i guess that's about it well this is all very impressive kids but my job is to get both sides of the story uh oh he's hitting the delinquency bottle positively libelous and slanderous, what they say about us. We are earnest, well-meaning, dedicated... Cut it, Dave. The average hot rodder spends a thousand hours a year on his crate. Now that doesn't leave much time for the average kid to do much delinquentizing. Uh, how's my halo look? It feels pretty tight. I'm sure you'll be wanting some pictures. How's this? What do we call it, new type shock absorber? The whole Mac would well, you just ain't a mouthing syllable. So hey, here's the newest thing in radiator cap. How's it look? They look fine. That girl's burning rubber.
2: Hey, this is Chip Foose, and you're listening to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Rock on.
0: turn into Nostalgic Great Cars and I'm your show host, Robert. Run right your computers and Google Tantalk1340.com, and you can see us live here in the studios in downtown Clearwater. Don't forget to check out our website, golfstreammotorsports.com, where you can find out all about us. And check out Nostalgic Green Cars, the podcast page or our archive page, where you can listen to all three hundred and some odd shows, three hundred and eighty some odd shows. Now, I have to apologize. The last two shows I don't have up there, and the reason I don't is because my computer went down a couple weeks ago. And my program to do my audio editing is on my other computer and I don't have the program on my other on my new one. So other than that, I will get up there fairly, fairly quick. In the meantime, I wanna say Hi there, Tommy, how you doing? Hi there, Robert. <laughs> and Bob, Bobby.
2: Bobby, good evening. Bob hello. My sitting, Hello. Hello,
1: hello. hello. Didn't mean to blow the surprise. That's
0: no, okay.
2: No, 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 no. <laughs> the fans are waiting. I, I mean, w- I think they could have, you know, guessed that, you know. Christmas, I'd be here. New Year's too. So. Yeah, 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 <laughs> and, and, and probably yeah, exactly.
0: Now, <laughs> so, now, is it my imagination or is it? How come the speakers sound kind of funny right now? Is it my ear? It sounds like we're really. It sounds like an echo chamber. Chamber.
2: Pretty, pretty, pretty good. Echo, pretty
0: echo, good. echo, echo, echo. Anyway, so I hope everybody had a very merry Christmas. Tommy, did you have a good Merry Christmas?
1: Yes, I did. Thank you. Good. yourselves. I, we did. We were. We
0: did? You know, when a family's together, it's a Merry Christmas. Mm-hmm. That's kind of the way we look at it. That's what it's all about. That's exactly right. And and. And uh, it's just about all the things you do together as a family, and that's very important to us. And then also— we, We're yep.
2: giving the listeners a Christmas present by not doing the Facebook Live. This time. Oh, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you what. You know, we did that Facebook—I really—it sounds like it echoes in here. I don't know. Anyway, um, yeah, we did the—and, uh, and, you know, the Facebook Live thing's fine. But if you've ever heard the expression, hey, that car's a 20-footer. Well, that's kind of the way I feel when I'm on <laughs> camera. You know, I'm looking at myself right here and I'm three feet away, and it's like, oh, God, that just makes me like ill. You know, but, and you've heard other actors and people that on video, a lot of times they'll sit there and they'll say, I just don't like watching myself on film. Well, I don't really like watching myself either, much less,
2: but in a picture, I'm 20 yeah, feet That's away. why that camera, the studio well, yeah, cam on TantalkNetwork.com is the best one because. You could just tell that no, they're the wide are, angle. Yeah, yeah, it's a wide angle. Wide yeah. angle, yeah. and you can see the banner, and you don't have to, you know, notice yeah. every little uh, detail. Yeah, <laughs> every detail. Yeah, exactly.
0: So I mean, it's not. It has nothing to do with being vain or <laughs> anything like that. It's just you feel. You just feel kind of uncomfortable when you're. We just place.
2: wanted to try it because you know we got a new chord here, so we wanted to play with it. Yeah, a new chord. Okay. Well, anyway, so uh, yeah. So if you're tuned in, don't
0: forget uh, you're listening to Nostalgic Green Cars. Tell so your friends to tune in every Tuesday night here on the Tantalk Talk Radio Network for some of the most legendary and fascinating names in motorsports. we got a great show for you this evening. We also have a special New Year's Eve show guest coming on, okay? And he will be calling in in a little bit. Oops, did I give that away? Yeah, he. Because uh, this he.
2: is the New Year's special. This is the New Year's Not Dick special. Clark, is it?
0: no it's not going to be dick <laughs> clark you know we'd, we'd have to go through a little work to get him back on the show on the air but anyway but uh could, yeah he it, could
2: pick up through the tower somewhere Yeah, he could, he
0: could be he's in the uh in the in the in the in the radio mic someplace in the great beyond but anyway and he was a great guy and he did some amazing shows amazing interviews uh some legendary musicians and uh, we're thankful that he was around too so uh a big uh shout out to uh to dick clark right and um, Casey Kasem's another, well, while we're on the subject of uh, radio DJs, Casey Kasem's another one had a really good show back in the 70s. You used to listen to that all the time. I'm sure you did too, right, Tommy? The Countdown. The, the Countdown, exactly. So, And they still air that. You know, it's interesting. They still air Casey Kasem, and they still air Dick Clark's, uh, what's this thing called? Rock Roll Remember? Is that yes. what it's called? Okay, yeah. See, so, and we listen to that. In fact, I will have, and I hope everybody... All the programmers on the local radio stations here, I hope you guys realize that you guys are the worst radio music programmers in the state of Florida, because as soon as you leave Pinellas County and you go listen to Sarasota, mm-hmm. you go to Orlando specifically, they got great shows, great radio shows, and good programming. And so they got good music. Collectively, and all, all yeah, everybody. Yeah, all of them. But, but Pinellas County, we you got, got the, us.
2: That's why we're here, to save the day. That's why we're
0: here. So we play some really cool, groovy music. So with a little luck... Uh, We'll play something really wicked here a little bit later, and of course, I'm into the '60s, '70s stuff. So you'll hear a lot of '60s, '70s, and you won't hear mainstream music all the time or the songs, the ones that were really commercial. You'll hear the ones that were maybe on the backside of a 45 or on an LP. Or I'm into garage rock bands out of the '60s. So you know, we're gonna play some cool stuff. And every once in a while, I throw that in. Now, Bobby,
2: you were gonna say uh, something. I will add to um, to the intro that uh, we are on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, LinkedIn, at Nostalgic Radio Cars and at NRC on Air. Okay, well, it looks like our caller called in, so give me the cue. Is he uh, on the line here, and I'll go
0: ahead and introduce Okay, well, hey, it's time to introduce our special guest, our special New Year's Eve guest, and this gentleman probably built some of the bitchinest rides in the country. His TV show is on every Tuesday night, and I think it's on between 9 and 8 p.m., or 8 and 9 p.m. on Velocity. He's also the founder of his own really cool shop called can dig it Design. I'm delighted to welcome to the show this evening, Dave Kendig. Dave, how you doing, buddy?
3: Hey, I'm doing great. Uh, glad to glad to be a part of it.
0: I want to thank you very much. I want to wish you a Merry Christmas, even though it was a day or two ago, and a Happy New Year.
3: Thank you. Thank you. You too. It's gonna so, to be a great New Year.
0: It's gonna be a great New Year. I even uh, well, tell us about some of the projects. Anything in particular you can reveal that you're working on right now? No, <laughs> no, okay,
3: that's cool. Well, I always say one of one of some and two of others. So. Okay, that works. But
0: I'll tell you what, you got some pretty amazing cars. Now, one of the first cars—I shouldn't say one of the first cars, but one of the cars that kind of caught my attention um, back a few years ago was that '65 Galaxy convertible you did. Yeah, the white one, yeah, and car. that was on display. Now, tell us a little bit about some of the cars that you do, and then how much effort you you and your team have to go through to get these cars at SEMA.
3: Well, you know, um, you know some, of, some of the big cars that we've built lately, and it seems like every, every time we finish one, we outdo ourselves on the next one. And, and that's actually, you know, a lot of the time I, when I'm asked, what, what's my favorite car, it's the next one I finish. Um, but, you know, we, we do a full turnkey from ground up. So, you know, usually swapping out full suspensions or chassis. You know, body modifications. I like to keep a car very classic. So if the car's uh, theme includes keeping the chrome, I I always tighten it to the car. Maybe slender up the bumpers, and uh, but you know I try and keep the car still looking like a. You know, if it's a '67 GTO, I want to still make it look like a GTO. So uh, there's a fine, you know, a fine line between uh, doing something that's going to be timeless and doing something that's kind of trendy. And you know, making a spaceship out of a classic car isn't always what the doctor ordered. So.
0: Well, this past SEMA here, you had a blue 58 Continental convertible that I was overly impressed. Now, i got to ask you a question. Did you shorten the wheelbase on that car a little bit? Because I was looking at it and looking at it and walking around. And I said, something's odd about this car.
3: Did you shorten it or is that the original car? No, no. Actually, the wheelbase is stock. Um, okay. And, you know, a 58 Continental is a massive car to begin with. In fact, it's one of the largest cars I think we've ever built here at Kendig-It. Uh, You know, it's bigger than the Copper Caddy uh, by a couple inches and certainly a lot wider. But what we did that made that car change up so much is, you know, any time you lower a vehicle, it makes it look longer. Mm-hmm. And uh, that car is lowered down on 22-inch, one-off uh, uh, built-in wide white wheels that I designed Uh, Evod built those out of California. Larry Doves, a good friend of ours. Larry and Sean, his son. uh, But one of the most notable things that I think we did to it is we wanted to make a Hot Rod Lincoln. And a 58 Continental only came as a skirted vehicle where he was only able to see half of the back uh, wheel. And so what we did is we actually bought another set of fenders uh, out of Arizona, uh, brought them up here. We reshaped them, uh, those fender sections and actually grafted them into the rear quarter panel to expose the rear wheel and incorporate that same really cool cove that was so known for, you know, off of a 58 Continental, uh, to give it nice, you know, long lines, uh, open wheel well, and, you know, much more fitting to having a V12, all aluminum Ryan Faulkner twin supercharged, uh, uh, engine with, a. Uh, you know, you know, two Magnus and superchargers on top that you can see through the hood. I mean, it was just that car, the overall package, uh, uh, the car's over the top. We named her Maybelline, and she's a, she's a big, big gal, but beautiful. You
0: no, know, I just pulled up the picture right now on the uh, Internet here. I want to check out something, because I'll tell you what I like, because the 58, 59, and 60, pretty much all the same car, but the 59 has those really cool sculptured front fenders. And uh, so I'm trying to look in the back here, and the way you did that, the way you blended it in, I guess that's what threw me off, because there's a little bit of bodywork back there, so it does look a little bit different, doesn't it?
3: Yeah, so 59 has just a little bit different cove mm. on the sides. Uh, the 58, actually, I think has the prettier one, right. and they're, they're just much more concave. And, mm-hmm. and uh, of course, adding that detail to the rear quarter panel just really kind of opened it all up and and uh, you know, kind of gave it that same you know flow, I guess is the best way to describe it.
0: So, you know, uh, and I'm glad you mentioned that because here I'm looking at the car from the side, and I did not catch that. I mean, I, I saw something was weird about it or different or cool, and now right. that I'm looking at it, it, ma- it mirrors the front, and that's an excellent, excellent detail.
3: Well, thank you. Beautiful. Thank you. We, 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 uh, we always try and go just one step more, and, and uh, you know, I want a car that people come by and they enjoy the first time they look at it. But, you know, it's funny when you're at a car show, you see the same people come back two, three, four times, and you may have talked to them once or twice, but they notice something different about the car every time they look at it. And so, you know, we try and be very sneaky about the stuff that we change on it. We don't want to, again, change it from what it was, but we want to add something to it to make it more interesting. And if you parked a stock one next to that car, you would definitely see a lot of changes. Uh, But, again, it still looks like a 58 Continental.
0: How many hours in a car like that?
3: Oh, you're, you're probably between 6,000 and 7,000 hours is pretty average on, on a big build like that.
0: That's amazing. That is absolutely incredible. How much design and thought preparation goes into that car, a car like that? And I'll use that as an example because that car just impresses the heck out of me.
3: <laughs> Every last aspect. Uh, so that car in particular, I, I did a rendering of the interior, uh, the exterior, color development, the wheels, uh, engine bay. Uh, so There was pretty much, and actually I even had one of just a close-up of the gauge cluster because actually a 58 Continental might actually uh, stock have the ugliest gauge cluster you've ever seen on any car. (laughs) uh, They were awful. It was a big flat panel with uh, holes poked in it where the needles stuck out and everything was just very (laughs) flat and uh, spread out and just not very attractive. So that gauge cluster actually is all hand-built. We built tubes uh, that basically disappeared into a shadow box. And uh, Dakota Digital built the uh, one-off uh, HDX gauges, and uh, they were color-matched to the exterior. Um, the big chrome bezels just really kind of set it off. But it almost, when you look at that car from, from the outside, the matte black finish in the, in the tubes of the housing, as well as the housing itself, is all done in a matte black, and it basically just disappears. It doesn't reflect any uh, light. And so those bezels basically just look like they're floating out of a shadow box. It's really, really trick.
0: I gotta pull up another picture of it. I don't know why that car just uh, that car. That's cool. Car, it's cool. It's, it's a bitchin' ride. That is a bitchin' yeah. ride. <laughs> Tell us about the Cadillac now. The Cadillac, the copper Cadillac. That's what 69, 59 or sixty, wasn't it?
3: Uh, it was the sixty. Yep. Okay. Yep. Mm-hmm. Sixty Coupe DeVille and uh, chopped four inches uh, by uh, Gene Winfield. It was originally used as a uh, uh, training, uh, you know, session of his how he how he would chop the the tops on those things, dropping them straight down. And doing a filler panel uh, where the package tray would be, he actually dropped the whole package tray down so you could keep the original glass at the full length. So you would actually install the glass down inside of the body, uh, and then he made a cheater panel that basically retained the, uh, the back bottom window trim, and you'd put that back over the top. But technology-wise, uh, you know, for us, once he got done doing that with uh, Jerry, uh, Jerry had allowed him to uh, do that as a training deal. We got the car here, and we were looking at it, and we are like, you know what? Gene's a legend. It's cool that we get to work on something that he's worked on, but we're going to make some changes. And so we actually unchopped and rechopped the car, uh, bringing the back window back up to the package tray level, where it should be at the, uh, you know, the body height, and uh, recreated uh, bucks. We then uh, sent those bucks out to uh, Carmen at uh, A&M Hot Rod Glass, and uh, she formed the acrylic uh, windows, both front and rear, and then we had those uh, silica overlays so they don't scratch. So you're basically installing stuff that uh, you clean just like regu- regular glass, but we can make them any shape, any size, whatever we want to do.
0: Well, now, that's interesting that you mentioned that because, you know, those are bubble curves, kind of very contoured windows. Very con- back in, yeah.
3: Compounds, yeah. So, yeah, very difficult.
0: So you do those out of – so what material – so it's like a really – a special type of a plastic? That's what you use?
3: Yeah, so basically it's an acrylic. Um, okay. You know, it's basically the same. Uh, they make uh, Aero Marine is A and M Hot Rod Glass, and uh, they make all of the windshields for like Eliminator and uh, DCB and you know uh, all of those custom boat manufacturers. And then they put a they have a company that they send them out to, and they put a silica overlay. So basically, it's like cleaning glass. Uh, you use glass cleaner, and you know, obviously you wouldn't want to re- use a razor blade necessarily on it, but it's basically. Uh, set up, it's DOT. Um, that used to be the hardest thing about chopping a top is trying to put a piece of glass in it. And of course, most glass was uh, tempered for the rear, so you were pretty much unable to cut that. You either had to modify uh, a windshield or, you know, if it's especially compound bends, you were really limited on what you could do. And that's why Gene Winfield would chop the top, but he'd just set that whole back window down inside of the body and then cheat a panel back over it to give the the appearance that you have cut glass. Okay, all right,
0: all right. Another car that you did that I liked that I think is really cool is that Black 57 convertible that you had. And I think, wasn't that at the Kicker display this year?
3: Yeah, the Ford Fairlane. Yeah, yeah, it was at uh, Kicker's uh, booth at the SEMA show. Yeah, Yeah. great car, great customer. Uh, Bob D is just an old sweetheart. He'd had that car since 1965, uh, tore it apart in 1968, and hadn't heard it uh, run or drove it since then until we gave it back to him this year at uh, Hot August Nights in Reno.
0: Now a build like that. Let's just say the Lincoln. The Lincoln took, like you said, six, seven thousand hours more than that, yep. or whatever. But but the but the the Ford doesn't look like it was that extreme. Or do they? Are are they all that extreme? <laughs> and we just can't see it. I mean, they're you,
3: all that extreme, and you just can't see it. But one thing I can tell you is, if anybody who ever worked on that car aside from us, if they had to pull the under dash panels down, they would see the amount of detail and time and quality that we put into every car. You know, they're they're dynamited from you know front to back. Uh, every panel's dead and the the wiring is is like somebody that uh, you know combs the bathroom carpet uh, after they're done brushing their teeth, you know, super anal uh, <laughs> perfect wiring. and uh, you know all of the systems are, are put in there to where they can be serviced. you know we want people to drive these cars, even though they're full show cars, they're what we call a show driver uh, to the full extreme. you know we want uh, somebody to show it on lights and mirrors if that's what they care to do for the first year and then get in it and take it on a power tour or a good guy's tour or whatever, you know, drive it from coast to coast, because they're really built to do that.
0: When you design your cars, now, tell us a little bit about your shop. you got a 27,000-square-foot shop, and you're in Utah, correct? Correct. And you've got a very talented group of people, and you actually have some people in there that— tell us a little bit about their backgrounds. I mean, because a lot of this stuff has to be, and people don't realize, these cars are actually engineered or re-engineered or— Correct. uh, Go ahead. I'll let you
1: talk. Yes. (laughs)
3: So, (laughs) no, you're fine. Um, You know, I've actually, and what's really cool about my team is that, uh, you know, I've had many of these guys for, you know, for a very long time. Uh, Kevin's been here the full 18 years. I've had uh, Valerie here for, I think, coming up on 15 years. Will's almost 15 years or just after that uh, or just beyond that. Um, Wayne's been here for about 11 years. He's the one that does all the electronics. Will, uh, you know, he's... He's a heck of a talent. Uh, uh, Will and I actually worked together at High Performance Coatings back in the early 90s when he got back from Desert Storm. And uh, we kind of just clicked, you know, and just been good friends ever since then. We worked together for about four years total at HBC. And he went on to, you know, engineer and build uh, uh, roller coasters for a while. And he was doing RC cars and, you know, putting his hands on whatever he wanted to do. something that kept him interested. And he was a machinist, uh, self-taught. And so I always tell everybody he's my self-taught uh, uh, mad scientist or in, uh, engineer. Anytime I come up with an idea and I can draw up what I want it to do, will figures out exactly how it's going to, you know, physically be possible to machine it and do it and and uh, he works all the bugs out and he's just super awesome at what he does.
0: No, let's go back for a second. Let's reflect on on Dean Jeffries because I met I was fortunate enough to meet him and you obviously had a better relationship with him. Um, back in the day. But you look at someone like Gene Winfield, who was not formally taught, learned it on his own. And let's jump over to Carol Shelby, because they had Phil Remington, who later went to, with Dan Gurney, to All-American Racing. These guys, even though they were con- perceived as, let's just say, an engineer, by, by profession, they came up the, kind of like the old school way. They worked their way up through the ranks, learned everything, they were passionate about it, they digested it, they thought it through, they learned, they experimented. You're pretty much the same same way, right? You've kind of like, kind of gifted in a way where you've, it's a natural thing for you, right?
3: You know, actually it's, it's funny, my background, I, uh, I grew up with no dad around, uh, nobody out in the garage building a car, uh, no uncles or anybody doing it. It was just something I was passionate about and Legos and Hot Wheels as a kid and then plastic models later on and chopping the tops off of them, you know, um, really my, uh, my, my, uh, taste for doing stuff that doesn't exist, but maybe it could have, uh, has always given me a lot of drive to come up with different ideas, and, and uh, you know, later later in life, uh, you know, around 16, 17 years old, I got into Volkswagen Beetles. I uh, just always had a real love for those, you know, looking at hot VWs and VW Trends Magazine and just dreaming and doing stuff on my own, working at uh, Tom McCann's shoe store was my first job, which had nothing to do with cars, but, <laughs> you know... Um, I got into uh, Salt City Air Coolers. It's a Volkswagen club here in Salt Lake, and there was a lot of guys that were really cool, kind of took me under their wing, and I'd watch them do their little crafts, and, you know, whether it was welding or metal shaping or repairing something or bodywork. Uh, later on, I had the opportunity to watch a couple of friends that uh, were in doing graphics, and, and, again, I would just watch what they did, and when I had the opportunity, I started doing that myself and started kind of doing really well and standing out and, uh, uh, you know, Eight and a half years at uh, high-performance coatings just before the end of my career there. Uh, we had the Rodden Custom AmeriCrews come through town, and Boyd Coddington, uh, Chip Foose was still working for him at the time. There was uh, Ed uh, Capon working for uh, Jim Schaffner. Ed Capon is now the right-hand man to Mark a uh, good guy's Rodden Custom. and uh, Ed was working for Arizona Speed Marine, and he noticed through the picture window of the uh, shipping area that they were eating barbecue brisk on this tour. He's, he's seen a bunch of my renderings, which I just did as a hobby, just you know, at night and on the weekends, uh, every once in a while. And I had him hanging in there, and he says, Dave, who does those drawings? And I said, well, it's me. And he says, those are pretty good. You ever thought about doing those for magazines? And I said, man, I'd love to. I just have never had the opportunity. Well, at the same time, everybody that was watching the graphics and the stuff that I was building myself, they started asking me to do stuff for them. So I was doing that out of my garage personally. And uh, so about two weeks after that cruise. Uh, Ed called me up, gave me a job to do a, a 69 Camaro, which was featured in Chevy uh, High Performance and Super Chevy. Uh, shortly after that, I did Brian Pride, the master fabricator down there for Arizona Speed Marine. I did a 64 Malibu. Uh, then Jim Schaffner, he kind of says, uh, hey, why don't you do the 99 uh, uh, Chevy Silverados for us, the Arizona Speed Marine editions? So I did those. Those were in trucking and in Super Chevy. Dave Hall, the owner of the NUMAD, uh, which was built, uh, finished out by Steve's Auto Restoration, a very notable build, super smooth 55 uh, Nomad, uh, he commissioned me to do the designs for that car when it was being built at Arizona Speed Marine and became good friends with Dave Hall. And so pretty soon, everybody in Salt Lake thought I was a big deal designer out of Salt Lake. Everybody out of Salt, out of Salt Lake thought I was a big deal designer in Salt Lake. And I finally convinced my wife, after years and years of dreaming, that I wanted to quit my job and start a hot rod shop. uh, She actually let me. So two weeks after my son was born, uh, my son Drew, I quit my job, cashed in my 401k for $4,800, and started my business out of my garage. Well, wow. Years plus ago. So just never looked back. I just... I figured, you know what? If I just keep going and don't consider that I can fail, I don't think I can. And, and uh, I've been fortunate enough to find some great clients that gave me the opportunity to build some really cool stuff. Uh, I've been uh, fortunate enough to surround myself with guys that really know how to lick the gravy off their hot rod plate. <laughs> and the rest is kind of history. You know, we just we just go for it. We don't uh, cut any corners. We just do the the very best job. And I I really don't watch what other people are doing. Um, I think there's a lot of great builders and, and even personal, you know, just, you know, backyard builders. I think there's plenty of great talent out there. And, and, again, I don't really ever care if I'm the, you know, number one spot, to be honest with you. I just do what my deal is, and I do it for a client that, uh, you know, I give them my very best and build a great uh, reputation with, uh, with those clients and continue to build multiple cars for a lot of them. And, you know, again, I, I just figure I'm just the luckiest, stiff this side of the Pecos.
0: Well, my hat goes off to you. You do some amazing work. You have built some amazing cars. I've got to ask you a question. At SEMA this year, I was at one of the seminars where they had Bobby Alloway. They had um, Alan Johnson was there, the Ring Brothers, and a couple other guys. And they got in the subject. Well, I asked, I posed the question about a question about your style. Okay, and then I got different answers, and like Bobby Holloway, for example, he's got a thing for black. Okay, Art Morrison was there too. By the way, Art Morrison was on our show a couple of weeks ago, and we actually, I think, we did bring mention you, and um, great guy, super guy. Now, tell, do you have a style? Um, because I'm I'm trying to look at the cars. You know how some of the cars, some builders, they all have like a there's a there's a little. Like music, you know, there's a there's a th- people have a little something in their music that distinguishes them from everybody else. Well, it's the same thing with the cars. Do you have something that distinguishes you from everybody else? A style that's like your signature.
3: Uh, the three C's, I think, is about the only thing that comes to mind clean, classic, and custom. Okay. Uh, you know, when I build a car, I want it to be in style, uh, you know, 20 years from now, 30, 40 years from now and uh i don't know if i really have a specific style i mean i've certainly done a lot of things that could be considered could be could be considered done over and over again but different you know different cars mm-hmm. i like pulling the bumpers in tight i like to sliver them every once in a while if it fit, if, if it fits the uh, the theme of the build but you know, uh, you know Bobby Alloway has got a great design eye. Uh, he likes cars down low, bigger, bigger rims. Uh, there's no better color than black. So, <laughs> <laughs> even though, because <laughs> you know, if I if I tried building my car right now, to be honest with you, Robert, yep. uh, I'm very imaginative to come up with a color for anybody else's car, but my own. Uh, if it's my car, it's probably going black. Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, you know, but Bobby's always had a really, you know, a good eye. He keeps them a little bit more on the resto side. Um, you know, Alan Johnson, they have a style that they they try and be really slippery about uh, the way that they put a car together. Uh, if I remember correctly, I think he did a Studebaker that mm-hmm. was uh, custom out of the year last year, uh, that black one. And moving the wheelbase forward and doing a couple of those things, um, you know, I, I think that, uh, that he did improvements on the car uh, you know, that were much needed and certainly interesting to look at. Um, and, and, and at that point he didn't go too far to where it wasn't timeless. Uh, ring brothers, again, you know, they're, they're building a name because of their technologies that they're able to do with the billet machine stuff and the the carbon fiber. Um, do I agree with every single car that they did? Not necessarily. I think they have a great style and certainly a great name. Um, but, uh, my personal opinion, again, I've, and I certainly wouldn't bag on. I consider them really good friends and, and excellent builders. I, I didn't agree with the uh, forty nine Cadillac sedanette that they built with the carbon fiber stuff all over it. It just didn't really, didn't grab me. I guess.
1: No, as, I, I as
3: I always say, there's an ass for every seat, and yep. if somebody wanted that, then uh, let them have it.
0: Well. <laughs> so. Years ago, I met um, at one of the PR shies. I met Steve Strope and Brian Fuller, and Steve came across building a lot of cars. And your cars are very similar to his. They're engineered. They're a lot different. And then Troy. Troy has a different style too. And um, but I think what happens: a lot of those cars get over-engineered. Yours are really cool, especially your '50s cars, like the '59. Is it '59 Buick that you did that one too?
3: Uh, yeah, blue suede shoes.
0: Blue suede shoes, and that was there at yep. SEMA a couple of years ago. And then the other one I thought you did a very, very tasteful job on was the fifty—is it the fifty-two Pontiac convertible?
3: Yeah, yeah that 52 was a beautiful Pontiac convertible for Don Hype.
0: And that was at what the McGuire's booth, right, or someplace like that, or was it Magnaflow? Uh,
3: that was in uh, Borla's booth Borla's actually booth, last yeah. year. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. Was a great car, great client, car. and and it was very tasteful. You know, we kept uh, most all of the trim on the car. Uh, we had to do a lot of fabrication. There wasn't a lot of uh, sheet metal parts and. Don was really under the impression that car was really clean we found out otherwise uh-huh. um, <laughs> but they all you know they all have the potential to be in the crappiest car once you strip the, the paint and body filler off of them but um, you know again that that's that's a perfect uh, way to look at the stuff that we do is, uh, you know clean and classy it still has a very uh, you know custom look but but certainly you can tell what the car started as now I will tell you this. Uh, my early days, cause we've been around over 18 years, my early days, we were putting graphics on pretty much every car. We're, you know, flipping the doors up, uh, wide body and stuff, you know, cause we do all kinds of different cars. We do, you know, back then we were doing a lot of sport compacts as well as sport trucks and street rods. And, you know, it's, the, the times and the styles have changed a bit to where I'm not doing stuff that's quite that radical. However, my wife did tell me the other day, she goes, you know what, Dave? She goes. Remember the white Mustang. Remember how cool that was. We really need to do something super radical. And, I, and as soon as she says that, I, my, my mind starts to go to uh, like fantasy styled hmm. Hot Wheels cars, something over the top and cool. And I've got a bunch of designs that just don't have an owner for them yet, uh, so I might build them for myself. So
0: there you go. Tell us a little bit about your your uh, your your TV show now. Let's talk about uh, Bitch and Rides. Where'd the name originate?
3: <laughs> well, it wasn't my idea. <laughs> well, because bitching is a
0: typical like I'm from California originally. Okay, so you know, we, when we we're growing up in the '60s, hey man, that's bitching, man. That's far out. That's groovy. You know, it's bitching. Right. And so
3: well, it was uh, even still around in the '80s, and you know, I'm a I, I was born in '71, so yeah, bitching was certainly a big part of it. And I think what happened is. One of the the higher ups at Discovery Velocity is very passionate about coming up with the titles for the uh, shows. And so when we were filming season one, we were still in the midst of that. All of the stuff that would come across from like ad cells or the production company or anything was just Kindig Customs. But it was just a working, you know, that was just a working title for then. As they came up with something, as we got closer to the debut, uh, all of a sudden I kept seeing these uh, pages come across for ad cells. You know, hey, do you use these products, or you know, would you? Would you be opposed to having something like this in your shop, and you know, just little mentions? But it said "bitch and rides" at the top, and I, I chuckled the first time I seen it. I was like, <laughs> "That'd be cool." <laughs> and I started thinking about it, and I was like, "This is a pretty conservative town, and I'm not sure everybody's gonna love that." And uh, they gave us the opportunity because I kind of raised a stink, especially after my grandmother had found out what they were gonna name the show. Yeah, <laughs> she, uh, she was she was such a cutie about it. She goes, "We're classier than that. We don't do that." And I was like, "Yeah, you're right." So anyway, I went all the way to the top, and they said, "Okay, write down ten names that can't have custom in it, and it can't say kindig in it. Come up with something cool." And so we sat around having a couple of beers one night uh under a canopy outside, and we're just. Writing down, I've got all my creative friends from you know from years past, and, and everybody's just out there having a beer, and we're coming up with names. And we came up with a couple, but at, at the end of the day, I was just like, you know what, I, I don't know. So when I talked to him, I said, well, we came up with the top two, and that was uh, the Hot Rod Whisperer, and, but it sounds oh, kind of corny. <laughs> and then uh, Keeping Up with the Kardashians, but it was too much like another show, so we just stayed with Bitchin' Rides. And she got a laugh out of it, and the rest is history.
0: Oh, wow. So all the people on the show, I mean, now how, how many episodes do you do a season?
3: Uh, it varies. I think season one was 10, season two was 12. Then we did uh, uh, eight episodes of Beyond Bitchin', which was a recap of the previous season. Mm-hmm. Uh, this year, uh, this year's season, season four was, uh, geez, we did, uh, there's 16. And uh, next year, uh, I think we're going to be right around the same. Okay. Between Twelve and sixteen, I, I think, is what uh, we've slated. So, we'll be around for a while. You know, I'm having a lot of fun. Uh, Bob Scanlon and David Lee—they're just—they're great people to work with. That whole team over at Velocity is just over the top. You know, enthusiastic and fun to work with, and easygoing, and very respectful to not turn my uh, uh, my shop into a circus sideshow.
0: Do you how much how much input do you have in terms of the show? I always ask the people that because it kind of varies from show to show. So, in your case.
3: Well, you know, uh, I'm a co-producer, but, I, you know, I let uh, Nick Maher is a, a very talented producer, and he's uh, with Fisher Productions that does our TV show. And, um, you know, I think they've been, you know, very respectful in the beginning to make sure that uh, they understood that, look, you know, I've got 31 families that depend on us, and we've built this business from nothing over the last 18 years. The last thing I want to do is turn us into, you know, uh, something that we're people don't take us serious to build, you know, great cars, you know, competition show cars and so forth. So I wanted to make sure that they knew that, you know, as long as we're keeping it on the level to where we're not trying to turn it into some, you know, baloney drama, uh, we're all going to be great friends and have a lot of fun for a very long time. And I said, as soon as as soon as soon anybody tries to pressure me for that stuff, I, I said, I, I think we would be done. So again, I you know, it's been so, so much fun to work with those guys because they really do – Uh, you know, they just get a kick out of what we're doing. And I've got them all lined up and ready to rock and roll. More cars than than, uh, you can shake a stick at. I mean, we're so backed up right now with the opportunities that we have that, uh, you know, I'm I'm picking great cars and we're having a lot of fun doing them for great clients.
0: How many cars do you have in the shop that you're building at one time?
3: Uh, We build 16 to 22 cars at any given time. Wow. And there's over 110 on the waiting list to get in here, so we're you know we're about three and a half years backed up. So uh, <laughs> they say it's a good problem to have, but That's it's a- still a problem. <laughs>
0: okay, now let me ask you this: Are you comfortable at the size that you're at? Would you consider expanding, or are you just kind of like where it's at? Is it pretty manageable for you?
3: Well, you know, I bought the building at the end of 2015, and we've pretty much outgrown it at this point. Wow. So unless there's some fantastic opportunity to buy a different uh, facility and be able to set it up and then just move seamlessly. Mm-hmm. Um, to be honest with you, 27,000 square feet, 16 to 22 cars at any given time uh, is enough to keep me busy. And I think that uh, uh, any more than that, I think, would be too difficult to keep up with, you know, because I do all of the design work myself Um you know, and all of the consulting, uh, graphic layout, any of that, all of that stuff is, is entirely up to me. So, um, do you? yeah, I think any more than this, I'd, I'd have to have my head checked.
0: Okay. Do you ever get in there and just kind of roll your sleeves up and go, you know what, guys, I think I'm going to get out here and I'm going to slap some uh, welding on the, some of these cars and I'm going to bring my wrenches out here, my tools, and I'm going to work on these a little bit myself for therapy more than anything else?
3: Yeah, therapy. <laughs> well, uh, I'll, I'll tell you this. It's... Uh, You know, it's funny because I do get the itch to get down there and, and, uh, you know, work on the cars and and do that stuff. But I'm still running a business at the same time and designing and, you know, taking care of that stuff. So as often as I actually get to get down there uh, is not as often as I'd like to, but I still do every once in a while.
0: Okay. Now, this is a question that most guys ask because I'm in the business, too, but I don't deal in classic and antiques. I'm more I just buy and sell, and then I kind of wrench on old-school-style hot rods and stuff. But a lot of guys will sit, and and I went through this myself. You, when you do this for a living, it's very, very difficult to kind of work on your own car sometimes. Do you have that problem?
3: <laughs> yeah,
0: you get burned yeah, out. I
3: don't. I, I've uh, I've changed the wheels on my cars uh, in the last year twice,
1: uh,
0: uh-huh.
3: putting winter tires or you know race tires or whatever on on whatever vehicle I'm driving. But uh, um, the other half of those times, I think I had Kevin doing it. <laughs> 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 I'll take care of this up here. Can you change the wheels out? So. Do you drive yeah. any?
0: Do you drive any classic or antique cars yourself? Anything cool, or do you just kind of keep it low profile and just drive a, an SUV or a truck like most of us?
3: Well, you know what? Right now, I've got uh, I've got a couple of classics. I have okay. got a '68 Camaro, but it's sitting up in storage. I'm going to cut the cut the uh, whole car up and make something really radical out of it. Okay. Um, but that one will probably be on hold until at least the end of the summer, if not, you know, the following spring. So. Not in a big hurry for that one. I've got a 71 Carmen Ghia I just bought back that we built 14 years ago uh, that'll be featured, I think, on uh, not tonight's episode, but, uh, uh, yeah, next week's. And then, uh, let's see here, 57 Corvette that we finished up for my uh, father-in-law. Uh-huh. Uh, that's red- a great the- car to drive. It's fun. And then everything else I've got uh, a little bit newer, okay. uh, you know, my daily driver and, and then my my sports car and stuff, so.
0: Are you kind of a hot rodder at heart, or what? What's your what's your passion as far as cars? What's your flavor, so to speak?
3: Car guy. Uh, I don't know. I've always been. <laughs> I've always been so much about supercars. I like luxury cars. Uh, so you know, I drive a CL63 AMG Mercedes, big body, two door. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, I've uh, growing up on the wrong side of the tracks, welfare kid. You know, uh, I had a mentor back in the high school days that said, Dave, surround yourself with the things you want the most and the people you admire the most. And one day you'll have those things and be admired like those people. And uh, I was always so into the, uh, you know, the exotic cars, Ferraris, uh, namely. And uh, so this, uh, this past uh, uh, January, I was able to sell that Volkswagen bus that was mine, uh, set a world record on that 60, you know, it was a 6521 window, deluxe. And uh, bought my first Ferrari, so oh, good for, cash you. for it, which was nice, and I and, uh, quite enjoyed it. I've had a little bit of training at uh, Miller Motorsport Park, which is now Utah Motorsport Campus, and uh, went out there with the Ferrari Club and uh, tore up a perfectly good set of tires, all four of them. <laughs> Super. <laughs> but I was only running 20 seconds off of the pro sport bike, so I felt pretty good about it.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right, you got some national racing talent there, it sounds like, if you ate the tires up.
3: Uh, you know, I don't know if I'll go that far, and, and I, I sure as heck wouldn't take that car out on that track again. Even though it's very capable, I'd, it's kind of an expensive car and really, you know, trashing it's just not really my <laughs> deal. I think I'd buy a Porsche to go out and do it again. Okay. <laughs> uh, you know, and then throw it back in the garage and then keep the nice car for, you know, especially through traffic in Salt Lake, so.
0: Okay. What's your summers <laughs> like up there? I mean, I, I mean, how long, because you, obviously you're up there in your high altitude, but, I mean, so... To drive a car, you've got pretty much only the summertime and spring, right?
3: No, no. Oh. no. We actually get a pretty even four seasons. Um, really? You know, yeah. I, I, I think uh, really downtime, the Ferrari will probably sit in in the uh, the storage here, at, uh, or in the showroom, rather. Um, about three to four months is typical where you're not driving the cars. Otherwise, it's, it's pretty decent, you know, if you don't mind driving a little bit of rain. But, you know, we get... Uh, Usually it starts to warm up pretty nice around May, and it's nice all the way through about mid-October. So,
0: that works. And, and in that part of the world, do the cars rust? Is that rust an issue?
3: Yeah, yeah. We get uh, they put salt down on the roads out here. Do they and, really? Yep.
0: Well, they got plenty so, of it. It's right up the
3: road there at Bonneville, right? Right, right. <laughs> and your lake
0: right, out, right outside of Salt Lake City. You know?
3: Yeah, and then they have a brine solution or something that, uh, you know, if if they put it down, it actually does just as good, if not maybe better, than the salt. The only problem with that is it seems that, uh, you know, the wash, uh, when it gets up on your windshield, it's like you're constantly on the squirters. Huh. So aside from that, you know, I mean, yeah, it's a pretty, pretty chill town and, you know, you go 20 minutes to the east, you're in the mountains. Uh, 20 minutes to the west, you're out in the desert. And uh, lots of lakes and fun stuff to do out, you know, boating and skiing, hiking. Moab's about an hour and a half from here. And, I mean, there's there's tons of stuff to do out here. It's it's beautiful. I, I've been here all my life and, and quite love it.
0: Okay. Now... Bonneville's right up the road. By, by that, I mean it's, what, four or five hours up the road there? On the...
3: Uh, no, Bonneville Raceway is about an hour and ten minutes.
0: Oh, it's that close. Okay. Yep. So have you had any desire to kind of do a, a, a land speed record car of any kind?
3: No, not personally. I mean, I've always uh, – I've gone out there so many times and have a lot of great friends that, uh, that run out there. Um, Chris Elmer was actually putting uh, something together out there uh, to run out there. He was putting a, uh, an old belly tank uh, together. Mm-hmm. So, and he's running his Roadster and a bunch of other cars out there. But uh, no, I don't really have that need for that particular speed. I think that uh, I, I really enjoy the sport. I love going out there. It's like a different planet. And uh, seeing some guys getting up into the 400 mile marks are pretty cool. Mm-hmm. But uh, not necessarily something that I'm I'm more of a road course kind of guy.
0: Okay, that's good. Scottsdale's right around the corner here in a couple weeks, three, four weeks. So, what do you got planned for Scottsdale? Anything, taking anything down there or just hanging with everybody? At-
3: Barrett yeah, places. I'm not feeling anything. Uh, we'll be deep into winter, so I'm gonna go down there and warm up. And uh, I'm actually gonna do uh, filming again for uh, Discovery uh, Velocity and do the Barrett Jackson coverage on Friday and Saturday. So okay, um, looking forward to it. I had a great time this uh, this past year, and and I think it'll be uh, uh, fun again. So are yeah. you gonna be co-hosting with anybody, Christy or anybody like that? Yeah, Christy Lee and uh, Chris Jacobs and uh, the you know all the rest of the guys, Mike Miane and. And uh, uh, I think everybody that's normally there, and, and myself, okay, uh, we'll just do it again what we did last year.
0: Excellent. So when you're not messing around with all this other stuff, the cars. So what is what's what, what's one of your favorite hobbies?
3: Uh, you know, I enjoy uh, just getting out and golfing and uh, golf. Oh yeah, really? Yep. Yep.
0: Okay. Yep. Well, yep. you need yep, to love ca- golf. And... You need to come to Florida then, because we got plenty of golf courses <laughs> down here. <laughs>
3: I'm, I'm getting on a plane this uh, this Friday and heading to Scottsdale to go get warmed up. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> <laughs> a couple of days of golf, and uh, a good client of mine and good friend, uh, we're going to have a nice little uh, New Year's party over at his place with about uh, 300 of his f- other friends, and should be a good time.
0: Wow. Okay. Well,
3: with a little luck, I'll be out there.
0: And uh, in the meantime, David, thank you very much for taking some time out of your busy schedule to kind of hang out with us here at Nostalgic Radio in Carter. It was certainly a certain pleasure, and look forward to having you on again sometime.
3: Well, thanks a lot, Robert. It's been a great time, and uh, look forward to catching everybody again uh, around the U.S. next year. I'll okay. be all over the place, so I look sh- forward to catching up with you as well.
0: Okay, and then your show is tonight at uh, 8 o'clock, right? Well, 8 uh, o'clock.
3: Nine, 9 o'clock Eastern.
0: 9 o'clock Eastern time. Okay, good. All right. Well, hey, I want to thank my special guest this evening, Dave Kindig, okay, of Pitch uh, and Rides on Velocity, which is tonight on the TV show, not radio, TV show. And, of course, dig uh, Digit Design. Dave, you take care. Happy New Year to you. Say hi to... I think I, the only guy I really know in your group... I think I met your wife one time, but I think I met Kevin uh, yeah. a time or two. Okay, so say hi to those guys for me, and then uh, I certainly will. With, with a little luck, we'll see you at uh, see you in Scottsdale.
3: All right. Sounds great. Happy All right. New Year.
0: Thank you. Take care. Bye-bye. Well, I want to thank uh, Dave for coming on the show. That was great. Now, I think you got music queued up there, don't you there, uh,
2: Tommy? Yeah, we're going to...
0: Now, here's a little uh, a little ditty out of the early 60s. This is a group called Beethoven 4. What's the name of the song? Tell me why. Don't call on me. Don't call on me. Call a studio. Hey, you're tuning into the Nostalgia Good <laughs> New Cars. Don't so touch that dial. We'll be right back. Don't you know I've been-
2: Okay,
0: we're back. And you're tuned into Nostalgia Getting Cars. And in case you just uh, missed it, we had Dave Kendig on our show from okay. uh, Bitchin' Rides. So what do you think, Bobby? I think it's time for the
2: FLACarshow.com minutes.
0: That's right. So if you want to find out where all the car shows are, Bobby, where do they go? They go to FLAcarshows.com. And you can find out where all the car shows are. They, Central if,
2: Florida, West Florida, East Florida, South all, Florida all over Florida, all South Florida. Florida. All,
0: over, all over Florida. Now, unfortunately... I don't, I, think, I don't think there's anything going on here for another week or no. so. But, 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 but in two weeks, the first Sunday of the month, our good friends up there um, at the Sumter County Fairgrounds will start the first swap meet of the year. So we will more than likely be there because the rest of us uh, parts junkies, we have nothing else to do except because uh, we don't have any snow on the ground. So I guess we can root through uh, some salvage yards and uh, gather up some parts and take them up to Sumter Sumter. Sumter,
2: Sumter yeah. County and Sulliv, right, Bobby? And you can drive classic cars, cause we, no, no salt to find here. No salt or brine on the road to eat our cars Maybe up. Maybe salt here. water, but salt that,
0: water, yeah. You don't,
2: just don't make a hard that, left. That, that doesn't. That doesn't. Yeah, <laughs> Golf Boulevard's far enough away from that.
0: Yeah, no long drives on short bridges in Florida.
1: No.
2: And,
0: um, but at any rate, so yeah, that's the cool thing. Now, um, oh yeah, President's Day for our, our big shout out to our friends over there at the uh, British Car Club, Tampa Bay British Car Club. S- s- uh, the President's Day, which or we call it the President's Drive, uh, New Year's Day, we all meet down at the Skyway, and we basically, with all our vintage cars, some people bring late model cars, but mostly vintage. And uh, what we will do there is we drive. The countryside out there, like on State Road 66, the State Road 66, me? 64, 64, 64 and 66. Yeah. So you go out there. We go through Parish. We go through some of those other little towns out there in the middle of nowhere down there. Um, not all the way to Sebring, but kind of maybe out there by Wachula and some of those other names I can't even pronounce yes. very well. Yes. You know, kind of very, like,
2: very flat land, but yeah, <laughs> kind of like Galaha and Okeechobee. You know, yes. but uh, you, if you can name those. We'll we'll scrounge up a prize. Yeah, <laughs> you, know, if you can tell us where they're at. Get, yeah. 3, <laughs> That's right,
0: right. And uh, as a matter of fact, speaking of prizes, Bobby, why don't you pay, get that little? Uh, well, <laughs> yes. Yeah, so
2: we'll, we'll we'll wish him a happy New Year too. Okay. And also, we if you um if you'd like to see a recap of twenty seventeen, the podcast podcast That is the uh, place to go to uh, take a look at the spectacular guest list. For this past for year, this past year, yeah,
0: we had an amazing run this year. We are g- officially going into our deep into our eighth year. We've got some exciting shows for you next year, so some I'm exciting on. guests. So be sure and tune buckle in. Buckle up, <laughs> that's right. Hold on, buckle up. And we got some great shows, some great guests coming on next year. Legendary people that we still want to get on our show. So, in the meantime, I want to thank everybody for tuning into nostalgia green cars. Don't forget to tune in every Tuesday night here on the Tantalk Talk Radio Network for the most legendary and fascinating names in. Motorsports. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Share this with your friends. Happy Don't New f- Year. Happy New Year. There's a bunch of car shows coming up. Check our website. We have a lot of that stuff on there. Scottsdale Collector Car Week's coming up. Meekum Auctions coming up in a couple weeks. That's right. Meekums in Kissimmee. In the meantime, everybody stay safe, drive carefully, and love your family.
1: Happy New Year. Bring on new outfits.